don't know. I actually don't really know why the people come here. Hello, and welcome back to the Riverdale Recap Podcast. Today, we will be talking about the 10th episode of Riverdale Season 5, The Pincushion Man. I'm Mary Kwiatkowski, and I am joined, as always, by my co-host, who might be the most normal person on this week's episode, Kirsten McInnes. Kirsten, how are you doing this evening? I mean, the concept that I could be most normal is, it baffles the mind, but I'm not mad about it. I'm doing great. I'm excited. Eh, I guess I'm excited to talk about this episode. I feel like uh, the enthusiasm for the show wanes more every single week, but uh, I found this episode to be significantly less cringy than last week, so at least there's that. I'm really struggling to remember what happened last week. Last week, there was the hate crime. Oh, yes. Yes, with the with the Kevin stuff. Yeah, right. The Kevin stuff. Yeah, like the, any episode moving forward that doesn't have a hate crime, I'm a fan of. Which absolutely no mention to Kevin and Fangs wasn't even in this episode. So Kevin was, but it was just in a school context. Well, yeah, because that was in the past. Okay, Mary, stop living in the past. There, There are a lot of questions I have for this episode, but my first one is just, Veronica has left town even though isn't she supposed to be teaching right now? What's going to happen with her classes? Are we on spring break? I don't really know what's happening. It was the weekend. Come on. Okay, sure. Yeah, this episode was weird. I sort of managed to cram some of the plot lines together, but it's, like, there were a lot of interesting new things that happened that I'm kind of curious to know more about. We got none of the answers this episode, and that worries me, because if this was a better show, I would say, oh my gosh, this is cool. They're leaving us with a lot of great cliffhangers that we'll talk about when we come back from the hiatus, which, as it turns out, is going to be a very, very long mid-season hiatus. It sounds like the show is not coming back until July. I thought it would be like the typical sort of two, three, maybe even four-week mid-season hiatus hiatus, but no, 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 we got like three months to go. And I mean, the last time we had like a big situation like this, Archie got mulled by a bear and the town went under quarantine and like all the people escaped from the asylum. And then when we came back after the hiatus, none of that like was talked about. It was like, well, Riverdale had been under quarantine and now they're fine again. It was like, we got absolutely nothing. They just sort of skipped ahead, decided they weren't interested in any of that. So I'm really afraid that we're going to come back and not really get any answers to anything that happened in this episode. Oh, I 100% agree with you. It is definitely going to be a grizzly bear situation. Oh, that is never good. Never good on Riverdale. And we've had too many of those. But let's start with the Maple Grove plotline, which for once is a Hiram plotline that has absolutely nothing to do with Veronica. It's Hiram versus Cheryl and the Blossoms. So that's interesting. Yeah. So at last episode, we had talked about like, did Reggie quit working for Hiram for Ever, was it just for the football game? And it turns out it was he just betrayed Hiram in football, um, which is very serious because that football game gave the town of Riverdale something to believe in, you know, when they lost in a humiliating defeat. Uh, and so Reggie's like, no, 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 it won't happen again. Like, let me tell you, what can I do? Well, how can I fix this? And we find out another little piece of Hiram's master plan. Yeah. So, okay, is Palladium a real thing? I thought this was like just in Marvel. 
That's palladium. Is it is not what they use in Marvel? Oh, what's the stuff they use in Marvel? Um, give me one second. Palladium is a shoe store. Yeah, palladium is a real chemical element. Okay. It's a symbol PD and the atomic number forty six. It's a rare and lustrous silvery white chemical. Okay. No, that's what they use. That's what they use in in um in Marvel too. It is palladium. Okay, I just like did not realize it was a real thing. But wait, that's not what Captain America's shield is made of. Um, no, but it is what Iron Man's thing was made of. <laughs> it is. Um, what's ab- Captain America's shield? It's made of vib- vibranium. Vibranium, which is different. Which is it is <laughs> yes, it is absolutely ludicrous that you remember palladium because of <laughs> Iron Man's suit. Instead of it's the not actual, even, it's not vibranium. even on his suit. It's on his mini yeah. arc reactor thing. <laughs> oh my god, the f- that is such a non-entity, and like, oh my god, Mary. Hold on, what's the name of the metal that they use on Wakanda? Um, vibranium. I think that's also. all vibranium. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, I haven't gotten to that movie yet. <laughs> When you start talking about like chemical elements in Marvel, my mind goes to vibranium because that's like no that that a, makes sense. It goes through. That's also what Vision is made of, and like yeah, that makes sense. I just haven't gotten that far in Marvel yet, so What's I'm the, wait. Still... What, which is the last Marvel movie you watched? I watched um the one where Iron Man tried to build something and it went bad. Uh, shoot, I don't know. It was like oh Age of Ultron. Yeah, Cap- um, so it was like uh, Avengers Age of Ultron. So I watched. I watched Guardians of the Galaxy and then I watched that one. So my next one I have is Ant-Man. You'll like Ant-Man, I think. Yeah, that's what I've heard. Okay, anyway. So Palladium, apparently it's a real thing. And Hiram has been digging for it under his prison, but he's he's tapped that vein. And so now he needs to move on to the vein underneath the blossom maple groves. Meanwhile, the maple groves are for some reason not producing any kind of maple syrup right now. And so Cheryl is like, oh, this is, this is probably because I'm happy and or, or I guess Nana Blossom is like it's because you're happy and the trees are empty because you have to be you have to be sad or something because there's like a curse on us I don't really know what's going yeah, on so uh, Cheryl talked at the beginning of the season about how she is cursed and that's why she's like constantly renovating Thornhill but then now we find out that Nana Blossom also believes in this curse which I guess makes sense of why Cheryl believes in it uh, and so Cheryl has to be miserable so that they can have maple syrup again yes so meanwhile when cheryl is gone one day reggie comes over and i don't know he implied woos nana blossom into buying the groves from her but then later nana blossom is like yeah i sold them to reggie because now he has the curse because apparently the curse is on the maple trees not on the blossom family so i don't know about that and hiram is super happy about reggie's accomplishment but then cheryl bursts in and is like yeah the contract doesn't count because i had nana blossom like deemed senile you ago so she can't she's not actually in charge of anything yeah so i mean that makes total sense because like nana blossom has not been okay in some time so i'm I'm glad she's not allowed to make uh financial decisions because there could definitely be some elder abuse one could argue it's been much longer than the past couple years that nana blossom has been not she has not been okay at the very least the entirety of riverdale which now spans 11 years. Exactly. Exactly. So then we have Hiram bursting a hole in his prison to let the prisoners escape. And it sounds like he's told them to trash the town of Riverdale. 
makes sense. And Reggie sets fire to the maple groves. I kind of feel like, I mean, this is Hiram's prison that he's in charge of and he made. It would be like really easy to trace this prison escape back to him. I mean, I guess it literally doesn't matter because Hiram's in charge of the entire world and has no power above him. So like nobody's going to care. But it's not like he can blame Riverdale for like the prison not being secure. Like It's literally his prison. Yeah, I also I, I thought the prison was on the south side. So the prison is on the south side. So is is the south side Sodale or are these two separate things? It's like very confusing. I think it's I think that Sodale is like the outskirts of the south side, like more of the suburb situation. Okay. I don't know. I'll, R- Hiram is just like, listen, the town now has something to believe in because of that one football game. So we are gonna ruin parent-teacher interviews with people in jail. Yes. Meanwhile, fi- Reggie. Reggie is going to set fire to the maple groves, and then Penelope, who has escaped from prison, runs in. I do love the continuity that at least we know Penelope did turn herself in and go to prison. That's kind of funny. Well, and so this is what is absolutely wild to me, because it appears that Penelope Blossom is the only woman who is an inmate at Hiram's prison, which is otherwise a men's prison. See, I didn't How know does it, that work? I, I didn't know that it was like a men's prison. I just assumed that she's like the only I woman mean, that we like know of who was at the prison. I think in general, they keep those prisons separate. True. Um, yeah, I'm not really sure. I, I know that she had said that she was going to ask for like some kind of like high quality suite or whatever, but I'm not really sure if uh, if Hiram like gave her that. Honestly, I'm kind of surprised that she has been locked up for seven years and that she didn't get out earlier. I mean, I recognize she that she's a, a lot of no, no, people. I get that, but I just feel like Hiram would have just like let her out. <laughs> but oh well. I mean, she's probably been able to have day trips this whole time. There is a really this whole scene. It's like a short scene between Penelope and Nana Blossom and Cheryl, but all three of them are speaking in that like old-fashioned way that Cheryl sometimes speaks in but they all are speaking in it and it's great and Penelope calls her nightmare child again which is always fun uh Nana Blossom is like well we should probably sacrifice the interloper who's Minerva um who Minerva like pieces out of there real fast yeah she's like I don't want to die yeah exactly um and so Penelope says they need to pray for wind to to divert the fire away from the house so they pray by some kind of like creepy shrine thing and it worked there was a windstorm so i guess this implies that the blossoms are magical also well and that makes sense because thornhill was the only part of riverdale that was shown in chilling adventures of sabrina it is a magical property great uh so the windstorm worked and reggie still did well enough since he burned down all the maple trees he's like yeah cheryl will be begging to sell the groves now and Hiram thinks that Riverdale High won't be opening again for weeks because of all the trashing he did. So good for them. I just think that if there was a massive palladium deposit underneath like Thornhill and underneath the Maple Grove, they wouldn't know about it. Yeah, it's their land. So unless they do know about it and they're just like, choosing yeah. not to do anything with it. I'm also super surprised. I feel like this would have been a great opportunity for the show to come into a discussion about like mineral rights where it's like maybe um, the block own the land, but they don't own the minerals in the land. And then Hiram has to go through some other method and 
and like gets what he wants anyways. Um, I think that would have been really interesting, but no, they didn't do that. No, they didn't do that because we're just sticking to one thing and remember what Hiram wants is going to happen. So, okay, let's let's move on to the sort of other Hiram adjacent situation, which is the parent-teacher conference. Uh, Weatherby is like, hey, we're going to show the parents that we can teach and protect our kids during these troubled times. So, Archie, we're going to need you and Kevin to give some tours. And so, and no one else, apparently. It's just the two of them. So, there's also this whole situation, this is kind of the Archie plot line, where, oh wait, no, it's not. It's, or is it? Is this the Archie plot? Yes, this is the Archie plot line. So, then there's this whole other Archie thing where this army general who, General Taylor, is going to show up. I, so, yeah. So, he wants to give Archie some sort of medal for his work on that last mission he was on where, like, pretty much everyone died. Um, And Archie's like, but it was a failure. Like, the mission did not go properly. And it's, uh, they're in an argument and Archie chooses to take this opportunity to lecture the RROTC boys about how, hey, what do you do if you don't agree with an order? So, what it sounds like for Archie is that he, the reason he thinks that a lot of men died was because he was trying really hard to follow General Taylor's orders. And if he had gone with his instinct and set, instead, he would have been able to stay save more of them. But he wasn't able to save them because he was trying to follow these orders. And he basically says as much. And then right after this, we're going to have Cerebellum. Is this a is this a Cosmino cigar? Does Cerebellum mean anything? I just always wonder when we get to names. It's a character on the uh, Powerpuff Girls. In, yeah. What is her what is her role? She is she works for she's the mayor's loyal secretary deputy in the brains of the operations as the mayor himself believes that she is a real head of townsville describing her as the brains behind the man she handles things the mayor can't which is practically everything she is also a loyal ally and friend of the powerpuff girls often aiding them in various episodes and enjoys hanging out with them some fans refer to miss bellum as the fourth powerpuff girl oh she's cool. her face is rarely shown on screen so i mean at the very least i think it's just sort of a fun nod to other comics. Yeah. Okay, cool. So um, she thinks that uh, she, so this woman named Sarah Bellum, who is a New York Times journalist, calls and asks about Archie's last tour in Uzbekistan. So apparently that's where he was. And she says, I think that your commanding officer Taylor sent you on a dirty mission. And I think that this is not the first one that he's done. I think he's, you know, doing something oh, not you know, great. He's, yeah, there, there's a lot going on here. Yeah. And so at first, Archie's a little bit unsure about it, but he's going to go talk with Frank in prison. Uh, also good for Frank for following through on his note <laughs> to, to go to prison. Just oh, whatever. Like a, Frank should have just been free. He didn't need to go to jail. Yeah, I guess. Um, and Frank is like, hmm, well, I think that you should probably be part of the uh, part of the side to to bring this mission into the light and not, not be part of the cover-up. Frank also is going to tell us that he feels like something's brewing in the jail, which is just some, like, foreshadowing to the instant payoff we're going to get with people escaping from the jail. And um, then we go to parent-teacher night. So Kevin and Archie, they're in the music room giving their tour to all these parents. For some reason, General Taylor is still there. Not really sure why. The power goes out and Archie goes to check the circuit breaker and there's, like, a whole bunch of prisoners who are attacking. And we got sort of, like, a battle situation going on here. Archie saves Kevin's life from a guy who's going to shoot him. And 
yeah, and then Frank shows up, and I really feel like th- this doesn't go anywhere, but I really feel like Frank should have, like, taken off his orange shirt because I really thought, like, Taylor was going to shoot him, thinking that he was just another prisoner. I don't know. Yeah, I, I think it was just because how are we to know what Frank looks like if he's not in his prison jumpsuit? Exactly. Also, apparently there's a tunnel behind the boiler in the school that leads out. Like, we never heard about this in OG Riverdale seasons one through four, but okay. Well, I think that this has to be a new tunnel. Maybe it was made by an arson. You you don't know. Yeah. So Archie is going to tell General Taylor that he's not going to accept the medal. And Taylor says, well, fine, if you're not going to be a hero for this story, I'm going to make you a scapegoat. And Archie's like, yeah, okay, whatever. I'll see you in court. And uh, Frank is going to lay low at the Andrews house, which I feel like is the least low place he could lay, considering that's literally his his blood right in town. But okay. Mm-hmm. And then he's uh, Veronica is going to call Archie at the end of this, saying that she's going to stay in New York for a few more days. So that's that's the Archie stuff. Kind of like not that much going on. It's a lot of the army kind of thing. Um, I think that this like shady operations in the military is probably going to circle back around to the whole like military testing thing outside of Riverdale uh, that we talked about in the Jughead plotline a couple weeks ago. How that was like a reason. I, I think that these things might be related. They absolutely could be. And then that would make sense why Archie got stationed at the Riverdale, our, our OTC branch even though the school like had basically ceased to exist. Exactly. Maybe Taylor just needs like someone in that area at the moment. So. Exactly. Also, it makes me wonder whether or not if if these things are connected, if Taylor was actually trying to get Archie murdered in that, like, um, or I don't know if, is it murder if it's war, even if it's a dirty situation? Like, I'm thinking that maybe Taylor was trying to get Archie's whole group of people killed. I think killed. there's a very big difference behind the question, is it murder if it's war? And is it murder if, like, a commander sets up a mission specifically to kill well, yes, a soldier? Well, yes, but, like, but I was I saying, I think that like, would be murder. Right, I do think that would be murder. It was just, like, a weird way of phrasing it, of, like, is it murder? murder if you like send someone into a shady situation and you're not the actual one killing them. I mean it's still it's like it's premeditated a premeditated plan to kill someone. I mean you still murdered someone if you hire a hitman to do it. Like good point. Good point. So does that mean that Frank is not really a murderer? I mean no he's also the hitman <laughs> is also the a murderer. Yeah. There's okay, good to know. A few murderers in the situation. Great. Okay, let's let's get to Veronica's plot, aka marriage story. So, okay, Chad's gonna call, and she's like, "Great, have you signed signed the divorce papers like you said you would a couple episodes ago?" And he's like, "Haha, no, we're husband and wife, and what we went through bonded us for life." And she just gets mad. So Smithers is gonna bring her something from the Pembroke. I, I love how Smithers is now walking across town, or I don't know, commuting across town to Veronica's uh, jewelry store, which has gotten set up real fast, by the way. Those high school students work fast. What else is Smithers doing? I don't know. I, it just, it, it's so funny that Smithers was not here at all for season four, and now he's back, and it's, and like, what are you doing? I don't know what his role is. I guess he's basically filling the role that, like, kind of would have been maybe Hermione or Hermosa or something. I'm not really sure. It's just, like, Veronica needs someone else in her plot line who's kind of on her side, but whatever. Mm. Wow, I'm kind of missing Hermosa. That's sad. <laughs> All right. Ew, so, g- g- Mary, love yourself more. I just, I don't know. At least she had, like, something going on herself, you know? Like, Smithers has nothing. He's bringing nothing to the table. Anyway, so instead, Smithers brings Veronica photos of her kissing someone, uh, which, like, I don't really, this is never explained later. I, I mean, I think I have an idea of what the situation is, but it's just never explained. 
So she's going to go to New York, and Archie's like, well, you don't know Chad anything. And so she tells a story that completely makes no sense. She says, a few years ago, me and Chad went to a party on Marsha's Vineyard, and we got into a bad fight, and I got angry, and I wished he would die. Then we got in a helicopter accident, and apparently Chad was also flying the helicopter. He was the one flying it. And she, like, blacks out, and or passes out or something, or hits her head. She wakes up in the hospital. So she says that, I don't know, I think that there might be more to this helicopter accident since she was not, like, fully conscious during it. Yeah. But she says it was a few years ago when, at the beginning of season five, or at the beginning of the time jump, they're celebrating one year of marriage. And they said, like, a few months ago was when the helicopter accident happened. Did they say it was a few months ago? Because I didn't clock them saying a few months ago. I think I it was a pretty... they were saying, like, that it was during the time they were married. Oh, I, no? didn't, I didn't clock it as having happened when they were married. I thought that it had happened a longer okay, time I ago. Because, like, me, I think like... they probably dated for a long time and maybe even were engaged when this happened but had to postpone their wedding because of their injuries. I guess I just interpreted it because when she's saying, like, she wished him dead and then stayed with him out of guilt, like, I, I could have sworn she said, like, I wanted to leave him. I don't know. I just, I thought yeah, they but were you already can, married at the you time. You can leave someone yeah. without being married to them. Yeah, I guess I just, like, I, I don't know why. I, like, I thought the timeline was they're working on Wall Street together. They get married. They're this great couple on Wall Street. Then they get in the helicopter accident, and that's when he bans her from working on Wall Street. But I, I just assumed they were already married, but... I'm assuming that they got engaged, like, right after this accident. That's yeah. what I think. I okay, think that maybe, so maybe. she didn't want to be together anymore. And he, this accident, he used it as leverage to get her to get engaged to him and marry him. Okay. Honestly, I'm not going to go back and rewatch that first episode. Oh, you episode, know, so I will I never do that. So Don't know. Don't and really honestly, care. if we're wrong or right, don't add us. We don't care. Well, if we're wrong, it just means the show is wrong for putting out, like, a, like you are mm-hmm. trying to talk in a way where the show could still be wrong right in both scenarios. I think it's also very likely the show messed up somewhere, as we already know they did, considering they said seven years later, and then it's still 2021. So, anyway. Yep. You'd think they would have had time to think this out, but no. Yeah, also, like, the fact that it was supposed to be 2021, or at least Veronica said it is, and yet, like, the only reason you would say that is if you, for some reason, want to make your show take place in the present, but at the time this show came out, it was, like, January, and I was pretty sure, may- again, maybe I'm wrong, but I was pretty sure that they were implying that, like, it was summer break and they were about to start school again, and that's why they needed to hire all these new teachers, unless yep. it was, like, winter break or something and no, they were going, I, I, don't know. I took it to be the fall as well yeah so we don't know it's like it does not matter the show is just not gonna be uh, it's not gonna have good continuity anyway so the other part here is that this is where i'm guessing like when they were at marcia's vineyard i'm guessing that that is where she kissed someone i like i don't know what the kiss has to do with anything like did she cheat on him during you know like, we don't really know like that wasn't archie in the pictures was it i thought it was like someone else I I gotta tell you, I missed the picture entirely. I didn't realize that's what it was. It was her kissing a guy with like a baseball hat on, and I I don't I don't know what that was about. Like maybe she cheated on him, maybe she didn't, because we don't know when these pictures were taken, and they don't mention it. So and I just could not possibly care less. Yeah. Anyway, but it's for whatever reason, it's like something that Veronica doesn't want to get out, and I'm not really sure Mm -hmm. why Veronica cares so much. Like if you're getting a divorce with this guy, then okay. Like I mean, I guess. Worst case, like, it's not like they have the dependence. It's like worst case scenario. This means that based on whatever, she would like lose more money in the divorce or something. Yeah, maybe but that's like, what I, I was know. thinking. That like if there's uh, proof of her infidelity, then she's like out. 
assault. Yeah, but you would think like even if she go like she she this basically is blackmail and a reason for her to go talk with Chad about this in person, which is what he wants. But also like what's to stop him from still using these photos in the divorce anyway? Like it's not going to make her change her mind about wanting to get a, a divorce eventually. Yeah, I I think that she just at this point she's like I want the paper signed. I'm going to New York. I'm getting the paper signed. It's also, like, very confusing with the money situation of is there money together or is there money apart? Because basically what's going to happen is she's going to go to New York, talk to Chad. He basically tricks her into meeting at their apartment or well, the house or whatever. This pissed me off because she literally made a reservation. And instead of calling her and being like, I refuse to go, like, come meet me at the house. He just waits at the house with Chinese food and candles uh, and just waits for her to show up mad. Like, so she went to a restaurant for a reservation that he did like he stood her up first which is never gonna start the conversation on a good note yeah he does not know how to get on someone's good side but they end up like for again i don't really know there there must have been good times with chad we don't know that because we've never seen well, yeah, any, no, there's always but, good t- you don't end up married to someone if there's never been a good time I, yeah but i'm like he's done so many horrible things in the last couple weeks and yet she still instantly is like oh you're what our wedding song and like for me that would annoy me because it's so transparent that he like what he's trying to do but whatever so she she's into it they end up um kissing and he's like all i ever want to do is make you happy and she's like well i'm happy tonight and then the next morning he's like yeah so here's the thing i didn't actually sign the papers like i told you i did last night instead i was in we were in debt because i made some bad investments which she has no idea that they were in debt don't get this if she's this businesswoman if their money is not separate if their if their money is separate this would make sense because she has her own illegal jewelry store and he's doing I mean, I don't think business her jewelry deals. store is illegal. Like, it's okay, a real whatever. business. The thing is, is it seems like he made these investments very recently. Like, if Veronica meets up with, like, her accountant once a month and goes over everything, it seems totally viable that this just ha- like, Chad talks like this literally just happened because he's just, like, dumb and stupid. Well, see, that's the part that I couldn't figure out because he says, like, that he used, and I can't remember the name of it, but her jewelry store as like the business that he signed on on there. So I guess I'm just thinking like if it's her new jewelry store and she built the jewelry store after she already decided that she wanted to separate from him, you would have thought that she would have made a different separate account without him to put that jewelry store yeah, but in it the name of. It, but it doesn't matter. They're like, they're literally married. It would still right, be but, tied. But what I'm saying is that she should be able to know based on whatever separate account that there was any kind of monetary things happening in that account. If he was using using their old, her old jewelry store, the one that was in New York, then I would understand this more, but then that would have meant that he had to have made the deals like a while ago. So yeah, I don't know. Well, I'm just, the, I'm like not 100% sure on the timeline You line know, here. but the thing is, is it's like, this isn't as simple as bank accounts. These are whole businesses. This, these wouldn't just be like a quick online banking that you log into to check on a regular basis. I just don't know how he did this without her like realizing. Because I think it's something that she wouldn't have looked into. Like, I think it happened very recently. Like, I think given another maybe two weeks, she would have found out on her own and been like, what the hell is this? Or like, if she just has a lean on her business, she might not know about that. So, okay, he says that we were in, he says, I made bad investments 
and we were in debt. So now I've made some like, I don't know, illegal investments or something, some kind of corrupt investments, but don't worry, I'll make our money back. So it sounds like they're still in debt. Like where where was the initial debt from? It's just, it's just, how did all this happen so fast that he lost all his money really quickly to where they're in debt? I just don't, I don't really understand what's happening here. Like I get it. I don't really know anything about, you know, businesses or whatever, but he's like, well, you don't want me to sign these divorce papers because then I will, like, in court, I'll just, um, I'll just testify against you in court and say that these shady dealings that I put under your business, like, were your thing, which I feel like there's got to be some way she can, like, argue against that. Like, yeah, he did this. It's my, my business, but he did, I mean, maybe not. Maybe I don't, maybe I don't know if enough about businesses where it's like, yeah, if, you know, if anyone puts anything in your name, but, like, that's a pretty bad situation to get in where it's just like, oh, she's screwed because they're married. Well, yeah, I mean, I think that this is just to illustrate how their relationship is. Like, Chad sucks, and he's not doing things that, like, a good husband or, like, a good person would do. Um, And it's left, honestly, purposefully super vague, so we don't even really know. Like, it almost seems like some of what he's done is illegal, but we don't know what or how much or to what extent. Yeah, he implies Um, it's illegal because he implies that she, that that's the reason why she won't want him to sign the divorce papers, because it'll be really bad for whatever this illegal transaction to still be in her name or under her business yeah, name. Yeah, it's like it's this whole thing is just messy and dumb and it honestly feels really thrown together. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Um, I mean like if this is her new business I feel like isn't there a way she could just be like, okay, I'm gonna sign over that business, like demolish that business or sign it over to your name so the debt's now in your name and then we're gonna get a divorce and I'm just gonna change the name of my business or something like I feel like this is not like an established thing. She's literally like, I don't know has she even opened the store yet? Yeah, but the thing too is it's like with everything that he set into motion, if she like quickly tries to undo it, that just makes her look worse. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, see, here's the thing. Doesn't she have like a supposed best friend who's in the FBI who I feel like would help her with this? I don't know. I don't think that that is actually possible. Okay. Well, whatever. Um, I don't know. I feel like her dad could also probably get her out of this situation. Not that he's going to help her, but he could unless he's on Chad's side. I don't, I, don't, I still don't really know what's going on. I, ugh. Uh, who could know and who could care? Yeah, don't care. Okay, let's talk about shrooms. Yeah, so uh, we learned that when Jughead needs to write, he takes drugs. Yes, so he's going through writer's block. Also, just to touch on it, because let's go ahead and really quickly do the whole, um, I guess, relationship things. As we and all the other viewers had been suspecting for a while that there was some chemistry between Jughead and Tabitha, they're dancing while they're working and they end up kissing. And then almost immediately, like in this episode, they have a conversation where she's like, no, let's just be friends. I'm sorry. I didn't really mean to kiss you. And he's also like, yeah, I'm super unavailable right now because I'm still hung up on, like, I've never recovered from the Betty thing. And my most recent relationship with the girl from the first episode of the time jump was super toxic and bad. So yeah, probably not a good idea to do that. I don't know if this was applying, like implying that we'll circle back to the Tabitha thing or if they were like, okay, we're going to make them kiss because the audience wants it, but then we're going to be like, no, she's not just 
a love interest. She has her own plot. No, I think we're going to circle back to it. I think they had such good chemistry. I mean, I agree they had good chemistry. I'm just wondering if maybe the actress who plays Tabitha was like, I don't want to just be here to be a new love interest, you which I also would totally get. have a choice, Mary. No, it, it's not. Okay, let me, let me rephrase. I think that the show as a whole probably, you know, in today's climate doesn't want to be just sticking girls on the show to be like mm-hmm. love interests. This is a CW show. They don't care. Uh, That's literally what happened with Vanessa Morgan. She was like, I don't just want to be Cheryl's sidekick. And so they gave her new plot. That's not really, like, they started out with Tony making it seem like she was going to be a character and then took that away. Like, I think that they can easily do, like, it's 2021. Women can have it all. Come on. I mean, okay, but they started out with Tony saying you're going to be Jughead's love interest and then they changed it to Cheryl's. Like, it wasn't like she had a whole lot going for her at the beginning. no, she was like the whole front face for the serpents like teaching them about the south side serpents i think you're under uh serving what they started her with well i need to go back and rewatch season two oh wait we're doing that oh Mm, are we aren't you aren't you glad for the hiatus okay anyway whatever so i I don't know i i i could go either way with the jughead tabitha thing maybe we'll get more of them like i definitely think we're gonna have more of them as friends in a duo but i'm not 100 percent sure like the internet's all like oh there's like a love triangle thing going on right now i don't know if i would say that it's a love triangle it's like there's there's just messy past things like there's a love triangle in jughead's head but we have not actually seen betty like give two f's about jughead so i i don't know like irl betty not his imaginary one and then the other thing i was going to say about like the relationships is whenever it was two three episodes ago after the um key party when betty and archie were talking and they're like you know what we're gonna go through some hard stuff right now especially me Betty with my like poly situation so I'm gonna need you like to lean on as a friend and then we have not seen Archie and Betty share even like one scene together since then and honestly good I disagree. I'm like, if you're not going to make Barchi even be like a thing, like, yeah, at least have them be friends. And we just, I mean, there was a lot going on in both their plots where they could have chatted, but whatever. Okay. So, I don't know. so yeah, Tabitha's like, no, don't do shrooms. I, I don't, I don't think that that's a, a good idea for you to do psychedelics right now with all your trauma. And he's like, okay, I'm just going to do it alone then. And so well, he calls yeah, because up he's, Speedy. He's literally like, I know need to take the psychedelic so that I can unlock my trauma so that I can write a book about it. Yeah, but he also, like, that's how he wrote his first book. He wrote his first book because he said he was having a hard time and then he took the mushrooms and then he woke up and he had written 500 pages. So, okay. But but then he was having writer's block at the start of this season, like at the start of the time jump. Why didn't he just take shrooms then? Why doesn't he just take shrooms and write a whole series? Well, is this also the, like, the situation where he was taking shrooms and was this part of like the the source of the trauma like his trauma is that he blacked out and doesn't remember when he did and he, that he probably did a lot of bad things did that happen under the influence of shrooms or was it like something else because he also says that him and jessica were like doing lots of things so i don't know i don't think the drugs are the trauma okay well we still don't know what the trauma is yet then but yeah so his ex jessica is going to show up apparently she's the new runner for speedy and she's all oh let's do the, Just the also shrooms the together concept that a ru- someone a drug dealer is going to send a runner out to Riverdale from the city is laughable. And also the fact that they like he doesn't even require payment right away. She's like you have one week to give me $500. Like why don't how about just I'm not going to give these to you until you give me the money. Well yeah, but he's like can you front me? 
So she says, I'll give you a week. Yeah. So Tabitha pretends to be his girlfriend to make her leave, but whatever. So he goes to the bunker to take them. She makes it into a cheeseburger. Which is also just like so funny to me that like nobody taking shrooms is like, yeah, let me cook them into a gourmet meal. It's they're like, like jughead. They're just gonna eat them. They just did this. Literally, this is like the only time we've ever seen Jughead eat a cheeseburger, and I'm mad at them. Like it's so stupid. I, I love how that's the thing you get most hung up of but like when i mentioned that it would be nice to see archie date betty for a little while you're like no that's dumb let's not do it because they (laughs) don't really date in the comics he doesn't really date either of them he just can't pick okay but at least let's have him not be able to pick for a little while i don't care about that i care about the burgers okay that that's your hill to die on okay so jughead uh she he's like hey tabitha you don't need to stay with me you can just check in periodically so she leaves he's dancing in the bunker when she comes back to check in and he's like i've finished the first part so that's great and then she says that she's not gonna do shrooms with him or dance with her i don't really know and he's like oh you're being such a betty the first sign of fun and she always tries to kill it which i like do not recall any time in the first four seasons where he asked her to do anything and she was like, no, like I don't don't even know what he's referring to. But so I still can't tell what's on his chest tattoo, which is bugging me. Like, why did you give him these complicated tattoos that you're gonna have to redraw on every day and not like show us what they are? Like, I assume there's something unless they're just there to be more tattoos. I think I they're know. honestly just there to make him look older. Hmm. His stupid little facial hair doesn't do that. Enough. No, it doesn't. It just makes him look like he's cosplaying as Johnny Depp. Yeah, so um, she handcuffs him to the desk so that he'll have to write, which is horrible because, like, he's typing. You gotta use two hands for that. And also he's tripping. Yes, also bad. Um, So Jughead's gonna hallucinate both Betty and Jessica there with him, um, who Betty's like, oh, forgive me for what I did in high school. And then he imagines hooking up with Betty, but then sometimes Betty turns into Jessica. And then he's like, imagines a rat and a subway train. And then he sees like a crouched, uh, is that the alien? I I, I don't know. There was like something. Yeah, I thought it was alien-y. Yeah, but the first time I saw it, I thought it had pigtails. So I was like kind of confused what was going on there. Maybe this has to do with his trauma. Maybe it's just aliens. I don't know. He wakes up and he wakes up like, or we think he wakes up, whatever. He wakes up in his hallucination and he, uh, his handcuff is taken off because like in his hallucination, Betty uncuffed him. And so he then sees the white bright light kind of thing outside the bunker. Also what he wrote was called episode four, the transubstantiation. Yeah. I don't even know what that word means. I'm gonna look it up but i'm not even sure it's a real word it was all alien related yeah so transubstantiation says the conversion of the substance of the eucharistic elements into the body and the blood of christ at consecration only the appearance of bread and wine still remaining so it's a christian thing interesting because the eucharist the eucharist is when you eat the bread and drink the wine and you're like oh this is the blood of christ this is the body of christ right so it's kind of like where one thing 
represents another, but in a very religious context. Okay, interesting. So I guess we'll get come back so to that. So wait, so are the aliens God? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Or is this just like, or is he using that word as like a metaphor for yeah. something else alien related? Not sure. Either way, Tabitha is going to come back in to find that Jughead is in fact gone. The handcuff is not uncuffed, but there's blood all over it as if he somehow, I was really afraid actually they were going to show like his hand, like that he cut off yeah, his hand. Yeah, I was a little concerned. But I guess he just like squeezed his hand out of there the, you, in a really The only way. way to squeeze your hand out of a handcuff is to break your hand. Well, he might have broken so his hand. So he might have broken so. his hand to do it. Yes. So that's, um, I guess maybe we will get more about that later. Maybe not. We don't know. We'll see. Um, okay. And then our, is this our final plot line? Yes. Our final plot line, Family of Darkness. Yeah. Um, so, so Glenn's still here. Glenn is still here and we still hate him, I think, or at least I do. Um, and yeah. so. No, he's not great either. It's so weird because. Glenn, this is the first we're really seeing him actually talk to Betty, and he is so interested in Betty's family immediately. He's like, I want to get to know, like, your mom. I want to know whatever. And she's like, well, like, my sister's missing. Like, my mom's not at her best. Uh, And he's like, listen, like, there could just be tons of serial killers that move through this area. Like, it's very common for serial killers to use trucking routes. Like, your father could have been one of them. Like, but there could just be a group of people. Yeah, he's kind of trying to, like, it's clear that he's way more interested in her family and her father and that he's kind of trying to make, like, a flimsy connection to her father because, put it this way, like, we have gotten used to knowing that Hal was a quote-unquote serial killer who really only killed, like, two, three people and kind of failed to kill a couple. Like, he wasn't, not that not the two or three people is not a lot, but it was just, like, he was not, like, this really successful serial killer. And also, Glenn is, like, no jugheads allowed about stuff, which she just kind of, like, she doesn't even fight. It. She's like, yeah, he wasn't helping me much anyway. But there is that. So he's definitely got like some, I don't know, possessive element to him. Or he might just be like really into the FBI and like trying to do things right. But he's like clearly has no interest in finding her sister, which is confusing. Like if he's really into her family, you would think that he'd be interested in finding her sister as well. But he's not. Instead, he's just like, I want to get to know your family, the ones that are here. And also we're going to go listen to some tapes that your father made while he was in the Sherwood Asylum on one of which Hal talks about like after his relationship with Alice started to suffer that he started connecting with women on Ned's list. Yep, just like yep. Uh, the truckers. The truckers. So it's also the twins' birthday. The twins clearly don't seem to have any like friends or anything. It's like not like anyone's yeah, coming over. Yeah, they're creepy as hell. You Would you be friends with those twins? No. Like so they push their classmate Jerry down some stairs because apparently Jerry said their mom was dead and he got a concussion and broke his shoulder. And then Juniper and Dagwood don't seem to care at all that their classmate yeah, could have died. it seems like, like maybe they've got that serial killer gene, baby. Yeah, it's really creepy. So at this point, this is when Glenn says that he's writing a dissertation called Family of Darkness, Varying Displays of the Serial Killer Gene in the Cooper Family Tree. To which I'm wondering, like, yes, Hal Cooper was a famous or I don't know, at some somewhat well-known serial killer. Is he allowed to just like write his dissertation on a per like couldn't Betty like sue him for this? I mean, maybe not, but like it's an investigation into his family. It's a dissertation, it's academic research. I think that on anyone who's like been arrested 
and in the system. So like Hal could be talked about, Charles could be talked about. But I think once it comes to like Betty, I think she would need to consent to be involved in whatever this study is. And like certainly yeah, Betty the kids. Alice, the twins. Yeah. So I'm I don't know. So but she Alice says isn't like even okay. a Cooper. Like she's from a different genetic line. Right. Also, if you really want to talk about like some serial killers, maybe maybe like look at the <laughs> the, the Blossom family. Like they're just as bad, if not worse. I mean, Penelope Blossom is the only actual successful serial killer the show has ever had. But I mean, her husband only killed the one guy. So yeah. So well, also Nana Blossom killed somebody or assisted. So she's like, okay, well, yeah, I'm but they're not serial then. killers. You gotta kill three. Right. So she says she'll quit. And I don't really know what she means. Like, quit helping you or quit, like, the FBI? I I don't know. I mean, she really loves the FBI. Hard to imagine that she'd be willing to quit over this. And he's like, no, you need me to find your sister. Plus, we're having a good time together. And then she slaps him. And it's the most unrealistic slap sound ever. And then also later in the Archie plot line, when he's fighting with all the people in the school, it's, like, really unrealistic punching and slapping. I've never noticed how bad it is in the show. But I gotta tell you, I never noticed before and I didn't start today. Yeah, I, I'm well, I'm going to pay more attention when we're, you know, in July <laughs> continuing with yeah, this season. Yeah, sure. In July, uh, we'll pay more attention. <laughs> yeah, we'll see. Okay, so it's Juniper and Dagwood are having their birthday party. There are no friends there. There is only Alice and Betty and the two kids. It's very awkward. I do not like it. Here's the thing. If you like made, if we actually made a bet on this, which I don't think we did, but if you, if we made a bet at the end of the first three episodes of this season, I was pretty darn sure we were never going to see Charles again. I think that we both were. Yeah, this was mind-blowing. Also mind-blowing to see Chick again. Because did we, like, did we see Chick? We saw earlier. We I saw we Charles visit Chick in season four one time. Yes, but like at the beginning but of that's this. it. That's all we saw of him. Right, but at the beginning of this season, when Chick was in jail and like he's the, Chick is the one who killed the guy that we like. Brett. Ugh. Chick killed Brett, but I can't remember if we actually saw that happen. No, we didn't. Okay. So, interesting. Well, um, good to see Hart Denton again, I guess, with super long hair. So, Alice is like, it's okay. They're not going to hurt us because I've been visiting Charles in prison. Let's just get through with whatever this is. And Charles also made Alice get ordained online so that she can marry Charles and Chick. Yeah. Which she was going to go to prison to do, but instead, now they're gonna they do are it now doing it here. Okay. Um, they also both have guns. I don't know this is just like so i'm like, still I really upset. know why we need this i do did we ever really learn how charles and chick met so i think like the real story is that charles and chick met like at an orphanage or i don't know i don't know if chick was there i think charles went to the orphanage then he got out when he was like 18 he went to the like not boarding like house but like whatever house? The, the house or the share bnb or whatever it was the place where they find chick at the beginning of season two or three or whatever it is so they meet there and then like there's a button there's like a bunch of lies that chick says over the years about how like i killed charles or charles od'd and i think like none of those are the truth i think they just lived together and then charles joined the fbi and left for a little while and like charles may or may not have even been in on the situation when chick joined the cooper family like we don't we just don't know Mm. we didn't hear about that so i'm not really sure but anyway uh so they they get married and i'm pretty sure they actually like officially do because we hear alice say like i pronounce you husband and husband so i think that happened would they have a marriage license like come on yeah i don't know i 
I don't know. So then Glenn shows up and Charles uh, apparently went to the academy with Glenn and they were they like were rivals. arch rivals. Yeah. And so Glenn explains his whole thing about like the dissertation and Chick is like, what? I don't count. And Charles says, of course you do, babe. I don't, it's just like, I don't, what is happening in this scene? This is so weird. It's like, no, Chick, you don't count because you're not a Cooper. It would be <laughs> yeah. really gross if you were since you just married one. Also, like, I'm really not sure. Did Chick kill anyone besides Brett? Who knows? I maybe like I don't I don't remember if oh, he yeah. killed anyone oh, as wait, the no. Black Hood Alice killed or not the Black Hood the whatever he was the, the other one king. the Gargoyle King I think he um, mostly just got people to kill themselves yeah so then Charles is like we're gonna play a game called the Pincushion Man where the youngest one is gonna put a pin in the Pincushion Man who's Glenn and so he hands her like a giant knife yeah I know he wants um, Juniper to stab Glenn to death yes and so Betty is like hey. This is going to scar her for the rest of her life. She's only nine. You and me, Charles, like, yeah, we're lost causes, but there's still hope for the young ones. I need there to be hope. And he, I guess, like, kind of has, like, a moment of, okay, yeah, sure. This, like, this is what I'm kind of confused of. Like, this version of Charles, I don't, I don't get Charles the serial killer. Because, again, like, the end of the first couple episodes of the season, Charles didn't do anything. Like, he never murdered anyone except for Donna. That was the only person he murdered. Not- he murdered Donna, and that was, Wait, like, Donna to did- help. Donna didn't uh, Not Donna, the other one. Whoever the other one was that wasn't Donna. Um, the Jane, other thing, too, is was. it's, like, what we've learned is that he has the serial killer gene, but he's used that to kind of be, like, Dexter to only kill people if they've done bad stuff, like the video shop guy. So yeah, it's, like, like this, this makes mean, no sense based on what we already know about well, his character. I get, I get that he, he's been in prison for seven years. I get that. So maybe he changed in prison, and he's been with Chick, who's off the wall a little bit. But... I don't know if, like, I, I don't, we're all of a sudden supposed to believe, like, that Charles has been this sort of, yeah, like, corrupt serial killer kind of guy, when it really seemed like for the most of the time he was there that he wasn't. Like, he wasn't a good guy, and he knew that, he knew that um JB was doing stuff, and he was, like, letting it happen, but, he, yeah, he never actually really seemed that, um I don't know, like, he, he just, he just seemed very different in this episode. Yeah, I'm gonna tell you something you told me many times than I've told you many times, we gotta stop trying to make this make sense. It doesn't okay. make all any right, sense. Right. I'm, look, I do. I'm just doing the work for the people. This is this is what they come for, right? I don't know. We gotta talk. Things I don't out. know. I actually don't really know why the people come. Here. The, the reason, look, the reason I like to talk things out is because otherwise I will go to sleep at night and be like, oh shoot, I should have mentioned that thing because wasn't that wild? But all right, anyway. Um, but he agrees and he's like, okay, fine. Juniper doesn't need to lose her innocence, but Betty, then you're gonna need to be the one to do it. Which I, this would be a lot more impactful if like Betty had never killed anyone, but I'm pretty sure she has. Can't say that I remember who, I mean, but I think th- it happened. I, we're <laughs> positive that she's killed people. Like, there's no way she hasn't. At the very least, yeah. she killed a cat once before, and that's worse than killing a person. <laughs> sure. So Alice sends Juniper and Dagwood upstairs, and then Betty is going to stab Glenn, but first he's like, trust me. And so she stabs him in, like, an area that I guess is she, f- fine. Yeah, she gives him, like, a very shallow stab wound rather than going all out. Is that what she did? Yeah, okay, I, I thought she I, was... Because okay, at, at the end, when they talk about the call from the hospital, she's like, yeah, it was just, like, a whatever flesh yeah, wound as flesh I wound. intended. Yeah. And so that, to me, led me to believe that she purposefully did not... She didn't stab to kill. Right. And then, well, she immediately grabs it and, like, throws it into... Now... 
chick. Did now, she I don't know, have why to stab Glenn? Yeah, why, why couldn't she have just thrown... I think she stabbed him because it, like, let Chick and Charles, like, take their guard down or something for a second. But I'm, I don't know. Yeah, but so she throws but the I, knife I think in the she chick. was just mad at Glenn and thought he needed to be punished. Maybe. Now, I don't know about this because we don't know for sure yet. Dr. Curdle Jr. hasn't said anything. I think she kills Chick. Like, I think Chick is dead. Like, I think she threw it, like, I don't know if it was into his heart or into his something that would cause problems, but, like, I don't know. I don't know. Chick does not move again. So, um, and then Alice tackles Charles and then Alice shoots Charles, but Charles is not dead. He's just in the ICU in Shangshaw. And yeah, so fine. at least we know that they didn't send him back to Hiram's prison. And I think, based on the fact that she just gives Glenn the flesh wound, I think like J- Glenn's a jerk, but I don't think Glenn is like an like a evil person who's like also going to be a serial killer. Like I think he's just a jerk. Yeah, I think he's just annoying. Okay, cool. <laughs> anyway, so the FBI has re- relocated the case to upstate Which for the makes Lonely Highway. S- complete sense. Oh, they put it at a place where there are agents who could work on it. Groundbreaking. Yeah, but also like we found all these bodies much closer to town. So well, yeah, but. It's not saying that those people can't come to town and visit it, but there is no functional FBI office there, and there's also no functional sheriff's office there. So where is the FBI supposed to actually work from? It makes total sense to move it upstate. They'll still come to town, and they're still working on the case. Fair enough. But Betty tells her mom that she's going to keep looking anyway. And then at the end of the episode, we see Betty dressed up like a trucker, and she's leaving Pops, presumably, to go drive the lonely highway. Yeah, and I just, I could not possibly care less about. Yep. So the pincushion man, from what I found, now I don't know if this is also something else, but uh, there was a, let's see, um, the pincushion man is the main antagonist of one episode of 1935's uh, cartoon Balloon Land. He's a terror of Balloon Land and all of a sudden, yeah, okay, he's a terror and he literally looks like a pincushion with a bunch of pins in it. That's what I see here. Now there might be more about the pincushion like man. Like pinhead um, from Hellraiser or what? I don't know. I don't know. Like this is specifically called the pincushion man. Like Oob Lurks cartoon Balloon Land or Ub Lurks. Works, I works. I can't tell what this word is, but yeah. Um, oh, he's so scary. It's yeah, it's really creepy looking. So that's what I got there. No really new characters in this episode. Just a return of several. And the, old the ones. reference like, to Sarah, what's her name from Powerpuff Girls? Yes, Sarah Bellum. Um, which I don't. It's not a close but no cigar. It's just sort of an interesting reference. So as Tom Palmer says, he wonders who we will make the most normal. And I have a pitch because okay, I. I you know, I'm trying to look at sort of the mains here. I don't really think Archie does anything abnormal in this episode. Maybe that's just me. I mean, I mean, like, he's an army guy and he's just, like, protecting people in a school from... And he doesn't even do it in a particularly, like, no, everybody don't help. Like, he's, like, he arms Kevin and he, you know, I, like, I'm not really sure if he does anything that's super odd. He's I mean, pretty normal with Veronica he, on the phone. It's dealing with the whole prison thing, like... I mean, he is, but okay, like, I don't think it's Veronica. I don't think it's Betty or anyone in Betty's plot line. I don't think it's Jughead doing sure. It could be Tabitha, I guess. I mean, what? I don't think there's anything that weird about doing drugs. It, it's more the, like, I'm going to do drugs 
in order to overcome my trauma to write. Like, it's just this whole This is the second like, podcast I've done in three weeks about someone doing drugs in order to write a book. What was the first one? It was an episode of BoJack Horseman. Okay. Well, just because it's in the media a lot does not mean that it is, like, the most normal thing. Yeah, but Plus, I don't the, think it's the, the most drugs abnormal thing. were made into a cheeseburger. Yeah, that was not so. normal at all. You're right. What if it's Jughead's ex-girlfriend who sold him the drugs? I mean, I don't know a lot about drugs, no, but I feel like she No, it's certainly not have... normal to run... It's not normal to, to run them there, and I don't think it's also normal for her to, as someone who knows that he's in a ton of debt, to, like, somehow expect that he's going to pay off this $500. Does she know he's in a ton of debt? Yeah, in the first episode of The Time Jump, she was like, there were debt collectors on our doorstep. Also, like, since we have not seen the debt collectors again, I'm just going to assume that whatever Tabitha told them about him getting a job worked yeah, or he's paid Yeah, I think he's, he's just off. paying them. I, I think he's just making regular installments. Okay. We have also heard not a peep about the girl who wrote the book that he was supposed and to like, read. good riddance. I hope whatever. that she never comes back. I just don't know why that was even, like, a thing that happened. Oh, well. Like, I did that actress, like, get cast on something else or something? Like, why did we never hear about that again? Because I think it's just something stupid. Okay, whatever. Um, So we're still looking for the normal person. <sighs> I'm now thinking that maybe it shouldn't be Tabitha because she did make the shrooms into a cheeseburger. Well, I mean, I think it's very... It, it does make sense to me that someone who has no familiarity with drugs at all would be like, oh, it's mushrooms. We'll cook them as you would cook a mushroom. Is it, is it normal to... It's not normal to hand to a, to a desk? Yeah, no, I don't think so. Um, What about... Kevin. He didn't really do anything. Like he wasn't he was barely in the episode. I mean, I guess we could give it and to him. And that's but. normal. <laughs> I don't know. I just don't think Archie's that normal. I feel bad giving it to Kevin since he was like literally in there for two seconds. It's not Alice. It's not Glenn. It's not Charles. Not Chick. It's not the Blossoms who prayed for wind. It's not Hiram. Um, you know, I could give it to Minerva because she pieced out of there the second that they were like, let's sacrifice her. <laughs> Honestly, yes. <laughs> All right, great. Let's give it to Minerva. She knew she was in AKA danger. Min Min. She knew she was in danger and she got out. Is it Marble or Marvel? I don't know. It's something like that. I don't okay, know. Okay, great. That's who it is. Uh, our other thought or question from listeners was Gregory McBean, who said, watching this episode made me feel like I was the one taking maple mushrooms so wild. Oh, I forgot to mention that. It's not just that he's taking shrooms. He's taking maple mushrooms because we have to tie everything into the Blossom family somehow. Yeah, this was stupid. Like, he got these in New York. He didn't get them from the Blossoms. Why do they need to be maple? Because Ripperdale is bad. Yeah. I just love how like none of this is going to matter in however many months when this show comes back. It's not. It's really not. So our co-host for our rewatch series, Hannah, also left us some thoughts. She said, confirm that Jughead and Betty broke up in high school, which is what Jughead does say. Honestly, we've been so far removed, I cannot remember who had predicted that. I or predicted. Like, what that fight was. Well, I said that they were broken up and you said that there was no official break up. Okay. I was True. right. Sure. Whatever. Um, she says, uh, she Hannah agrees with me that, Hannah agrees with me that she thinks that Veronica said that the, like, that during the thing about the uh, Marsha's Vineyard helicopter, that they were already married. Yeah. Uh, it at the time, and she also says that they were celebrating one glorious year of marriage in the first episode, but now she said the accident was multiple years ago, and that they were already married. So, she's with me on that one. And again, I'm not, like, against you on that one. I just presented a counter theory on how it could make sense. I don't have a strong opinion on that. 
Let us know if anyone actually does want to go back to that first episode. Let us know if they do or or this episode. Let us know if she says in either case if they were in fact married during the helicopter thing. And then also Hannah says that she saw several Tostitos in prominently in this episode. I didn't notice it as much as I did the Doritos, but there was definitely Doritos. So maybe some Frito-Lay partnership going on. Honestly, I get that money. Get it. Okay. Let's see. Is that all our things? I think it is. That's all our things. So basically that was the episode. That was the first part of season five. I think, you know what? I was really excited for Riverdale to come back and maybe these episodes are better on like a binge. I'm not really sure. They've been up and down for me. I really, really liked the first episode of the time jump. Like, I thought it was really cool and actually pretty well done. And it has kind of dragged for me since then because it seems like they're trying to do too many similar things. Like, especially with Archie and Veronica getting back together, it seems too similar to who they were in high school. Well, yeah, like, it's like, I, I need to show some, point? Gro- see what, some growth there. What's the point of the time jump if everything's just going to go back to where it was? That is how I feel. Exactly. Exactly. And, and like, I don't know. I mean, I still think that end game we're going to have, like, whatever, when the show ends, I think we're going to have Archie and Veronica together and Betty and Jughead. But I think if they're already signing on for like a season six, we don't need to do that instantly. And so I'm glad that they're at least not really going in that direction with Jughead and Betty. But at the same time, I'm kind of glad that Jughead like is mentioning the hard breakup because we kind of skipped right past that after spending four seasons being like, they're together, they're perfect, they're whatever, you know? I just also so. have such a hard time caring about someone having a hard breakup when they were 17. Yes. Yeah, but that's the whole, like, you got to pretend that, yeah, they're high school students, but, you know, they were all living more adult lives anyway, with their multiple jobs and whatever. Yeah. So anyway, that is that that's the episode. We'll be back in July. Um, I'm sure that you will hear from me and Kirsten in between then. Actually, I'll, I'll put the I'll put the number at I am 85% sure that you will hear from me and Kirsten think, at least yeah, once into, I th- before I then. Think- they will definitely hear from us, but the extent to which they will hear from us, that's up in the air. Don't get your hopes up, but like you'll hear from us. I wouldn't say that there's going to be weekly content. I wouldn't say there's going to be monthly content, but I would say there will be content. I will say there will be, I'm going to put the over under at two. <laughs> and here's the thing, even if we record eight, two will get released. You're right. <laughs> there will be two. I, honestly, I might take there the under two. on that. And I'm not counting this. The, well, there yeah, will be no. two in addition to this. I, and I honestly, I might take the under. <laughs> and the reason I'm saying two is because we have two back recorded. So And I still might take the under, baby. And I will I will be going on a 18-hour car ride in the next couple days. But also, I had just taken an 18-hour car ride to get to where I am right now. And I did not do any editing. So, anyway. Yeah, no, I, Those podcasts might see the light of day in 2022. Mm-hmm. Maybe. <laughs> okay, everyone. Or 2022. That's all. Yeah, yeah. You know, when we're going to have merch in 2023. Okay, everyone. That's all for this week's episode. Thank you for joining us. We'll be back next um, next July. We'll, we'll, be so we'll be back one day to we'll talk about for- more season five of Riverdale. Right. Sometime, assuming that's maybe July. Um, oh, side note, because I've, you know me with the Instagrams. So I've been checking all the, the castmates Instagram and they all went on a group trip to like a 
a mountain lodge or a cabin or something. I'm not really sure. But it was some kind of thing like that. And I was glad to see that they, they were bringing like uh, the dude who plays Eric. He was there too. So nice to see that they're bringing in everyone into the fold. I like the fact that it's a cast that seems to all get along and like each other. That's that's always fun for me personally. they're just busy and they're together. And so they're like, I guess we'll just have our rec time together too. Okay, well, you can take the cynical approach. I will take the happy approach. All right, uh, <laughs> you can follow me online at Frail Mary on every platform. You can check out KowskiCast at KowskiCast.com, that's Cow with a K, or KowskiCast on Twitter, or wherever you listen to podcasts. You can follow Kirsten at Kirsten Said What everywhere also, and she is currently covering BoJack Horseman on BoJack Horse Pod with Lindsay Wilson. She is covering Temptation Island on Rob Has Podcast, and she's covering Big Brother Canada nine on Rafa's podcast. Did I miss anything? Also, check me out on Twitch, twitch.tv slash Kirsten right. said what? Um, and depending on when this drops, uh, I, anyways, on April 8th, I will be on the Big Brother Canada 9 eviction recap. And also, I'll be taking over the Rob has a podcast Instagram on Thursday. So... Ooh, that's check, exciting. Check that out at Rahapgrams. Yes, R-H-A-P Grams. Make sure that you're leaving us feedback on Twitter and also uh, reviews and ratings on iTunes and all other podcatchers. That is a fun time. Five stars and only. And if for some reason, yeah, and if for some reason you've uh, submitted a review or a comment on some kind of obscure, obscure podcatcher, then also send us a screenshot of that. DM it to me on Twitter or DM it to the KowskiCast account. That would be great. Hell okay. Yeah. Until next time. Bye. I got to tell you, I never noticed before and I didn't start today.